while I'm living. Thanks, I'll be giving. Hi, everyone. I'm a Welcome to another episode of Thoughts and Tea, Tea and Tea with your girl, Tea. Thank you so much for joining me again. I know I always say thank you, but I say it because I mean it, so thank you again. No love for the people who are suffering bad another toll to the poor mega episode. What is I'm sure you guys know what to expect for this episode because it's the continuation of our men's series with the wonderful men we had last week. We had Joyo from America, we had Dwayne White from Trinidad and Tobago, Lindo from South Africa, and Jeffrey Lutrit from Ghana. We get through every day with only Ike in the price. I'm a leg we have to pay. These gentlemen shared what it means to be a man within their age range. And the conversation was so long, I had to split it in two, so this is the second part. But I can't help but bring something to light. In this time I say, when mama spend her last, I'll send you the class. Never you ever play, it's a competition. In light of this being a part of the community series, I think it's very important that, I don't know how many of you know this, but did you know that there is still modern day slavery of the black woman? And no, I'm not talking about the philosophy of slavery, actual slavery. This year's Black Lives Matter movement has been the biggest civil rights movement in history. Yet, many of us are unaware that our sisters are being treated as slaves in some countries. Check the news. Go onto CNN and Google African domestic workers in Lebanon and watch the footage of how these women are treated. Yes, there is modern day slavery. So much so that thousands of women are stranded and hundreds of them were, if not are, still camped out outside their embassy trying to get home. These women are maltreated, sexually abused, and even killed. All for what? In search of greener pastures? Yet, how many of us know of this? How many of us cannot be bothered? Guys, Black Lives Matter is not just American Black Lives Matter. It's about black lives everywhere. And I'm begging you guys, tune into global news. Tune into the global news of the Pan-African community because a lot of black people are suffering. It's a competitive. And just as we are able to rise in solidarity to support our brothers and sisters here, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and everyone else who is publicly been affected by this racial inequity let's tune in to our brothers and sisters on the continent and be aware of their plight as well it's only fair 
it is only fair. Anyway, I won't bore you any further. I am excited about the second part of our men's series conversation because these guys go down. So just sit back, tune in, and enjoy. When you were saying that, I was thinking about black tax, um, and you talked about the hustle. And okay, so there are all these pressures for you to provide and all that jazz. But I know that different communities have different things going on because, dude, like life in America is probably going to be drastically different from life in South Africa or life in Ghana and life in Trinidad. So what is going on in these environments that are affecting the decisions you make? You know, these these manhood decisions, that these decisions that you make, be it even if it's, uh, you know, just providing or meeting your responsibilities, what are things that are happening? around you and how are they affecting you? Right. Well, um, I would say, I would say, well, the societal pressures will be coming from basically close relatives, close friends who know, well, who knows your business? When I say your business, who knows what you are about in life, your, your achievements, your, what you want to achieve. So if you, they will say fall off of that, fall off of that track. They will scold, scorn, or encourage you to get back on the horse. If you fall off of the horse, to get back on the horse. But sometimes the pressures just be negative, as in, um, all right. Let's just say I when I went to university, I I want to give examples. Sorry, was the, I, let's just say when I went to university in two thousand and. 15, um, I had a lot of talk about me saying, um, what are you going to school now for? Why you do just look for a work and take care of your daughter? You know, it's now you want to go back to school, but I did, them, didn't know my story. I didn't have that opportunity. Basically, I was saying to myself, as a man, I would take care of my daughter because my daughter was conceived in 2011. And I just finished my practitioner certificate and I was teaching in Bishop High School with that practitioner certificate. So I told my child mother, I told my child mother that um, I would stay with you and the child first before I pursue my degree. Um, until the child was about three, four, about three years old, so said, so done. At 2015, I went and pursued my my degree, my double major, and I got forth even though that I left my family behind and I was selfish. Right? So that's what friends and family were saying. Sorry, um, it will it have a lot of noise around because it's election time. Um hold on. You know, it's funny, actually, it's okay. It's okay, because <laughs> when you said election time, I didn't want to interrupt you, but when I said what's going on around you, I was saying, what is happening in Trinidad? Like, what are some of the things that happen in Trinidad <laughs> that, you know, and how do they affect? So you're fine, you're fine, keep going. Yeah. Right, so it, have a, it had a lot of talk. It had a lot of talk that I wasn't taking, that I ran away from my responsibilities and I was selfish. 
um, how I pursue my career, how I wanted to pursue my career. But um, in terms of family, in terms of family, I would say it have a lot of scorn in terms of what I wanted to do wasn't putting bread on the table, wasn't putting enough money on the table. Instead, I should work in family business. Guys, the pressures in terms of doing or pursuing my dreams or my goals and working in the family business. Guys, that was my that that was my decision. Okay, but before that, it was just strictly business, no education, and that was the pressures I had basically. Okay. So uh, I'm going to actually jump on. I was actually about to say Lindo. So in South Africa, right, um, I guess what I'm trying to get with this is, okay, say in, in, um, in Ghana, there are some jargon, there are some terms, there are some words that people use sometimes to, to indicate some things. And so in Ghana, um, a man is supposed to do X, Y, Z. All right. So I'm thinking when you narrow it down to the South African community, okay, South, just specifically to South Africa, what are um, these communal things, like these community expectations that you're expected to meet, take into consideration your culture, your background, your tradition, and all those things? And then how does that affect you? How do you react to that? Okay. Well, I have to be very careful with my answer because I'm, I'm responding for the, the whole of South Africa. <laughs> so, <laughs> South Africans who are within this age range, yes. Yeah. So uh, let me just say in South Africa, uh, traditionally, I guess, as a young man, your parents would like you to, your family would like to see you grow into, from that boy, that young boy they see, they'd like you to, they'd like to have instilled education in you to actually sustain you to actually build your own life. By your own life is working. Uh, they expect you to work, uh, have, a, have a, some, something stable happening in your life, job-wise, money, income. Um, then there's that important step as well in, in our black communities or as a man, you have to find a wife, you know. As, as, since stuff are getting stable now, you have to just show that you are a man by building a home with a wife. You can't just, I can't just say I'm working and uh, I'm having this big house all to myself. There'll, there'll be aunties asking, where is our what daughter-in-law? You know, people are gonna be asking that, you know? So I guess that's the expectation of a man. Like the, that's the next step. Where are your kids? After you get a wife and maybe let's say you and your, me and my wife are not getting kids for like 10 years they'd be like, why are you guys not getting kids, you know? Which is a, a black thing, uh, you know? Questions like that always arise, you know? When you go to family gatherings, like, hey, next time, don't come alone, dude, don't come with that special somebody so we can see that you you have someone in with you, you know? So those are part of the stuff you we get, I think, in Africa as a whole, ripping Africa, uh, I think those are the bars our families have set, our communities have said that, oh, things are going well in his life. He's got to have a wife, a wife soon. 
he's got to have a family soon. He's got to have a home and all that. So I guess that's it. I don't know if I answered you correctly. You did. There's no right or wrong, remember? Um, I'm sorry. Could you just summarize that question very shortly for me? So as an American uh, man, what are some things that happen in America that affect, uh, and I don't mean community, I mean, like, when you think of America, what is going on in America, the American community that affects or influences the things you do as a man or what you expect it to be? So we talked about this family pressures. We've talked about like, you know, society in general, but I'm saying, I'm, I'm trying to think about it from where you are located. So like American problems, American definitions, South African problems, uh-huh. South African definitions type thing. So hit me. You just asked, <laughs> you just asked a <laughs> hell of a question. I'm going to be honest with you because I don't know if you guys know, I, I don't even know, uh, but basically being a black man in America, uh, means that you have a six, right? So mm. the six, you know, on the clock is the hand behind you. If you're standing on the clock, you're always watching your back. Or as we call it sometimes, you know, you keep your head on a swivel, like a swivel chair, <laughs> because you're always turning to see who might be looking at you, who might be attacking you, okay? <clears throat> as large as the narrative is uh, in, in whatever media you might consume about America, um, just keep in mind that our community in general is under attack. Whether it is from people outside our community or people inside our community. And personally, as I look through history and I, I look at, you know, even my personal history and where I came from and not just American history, But even further, I'm starting to realize that, you know, Black men still have this deep responsibility. And throughout the years, that that responsibility has gotten increasingly more and more and more critical to the point that we want to rely on oppressive powers in order to ensure our own legacy which is a little backwards, right? But you, you actually start to realize, especially now more than ever, that uh, a legacy is, is actually rather personal. A legacy is, and when I even say personally, personal on you know, a population level, it has to be, that, that legacy has to be fulfilled um, by Black people um, in America or Black people in general, um, so and I hope I'm not I'm not I'm not broadening things too much, but uh, it, it was quite quite a big question, and it's definitely something that I'm still trying to figure out myself. But when it comes to responsibility and black manhood in the U.S., what I'm starting to realize is that uh, a lot of this weight is definitely falling back on our shoulders. And when I'm saying that, I, I do not mean like, um, I, it, it is slightly intimidating, but in another, in another sense, I'm the, the, the weight is something that I know that uh, we can bear as long as we are not, <laughs> along of course with other people, you know, other, other black people, uh, you know, black women, black people who identify as black. <laughs> I won't get too far into different uh, 
orientations and descriptions. But uh, with, with that kind of like allyship, that's how we kind of will fulfill a legacy. Um, so it will not be by, uh, it, it will not be fulfilled by oppressive powers in America. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was, oof. okay, Jeffrey, Jeffrey's back. Okay. You know, being a man in Ghana, like being a Ghanaian man. A Ghanaian. A Ghanaian man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so it means, so um, your question goes, it's looking at a traditional, um, you know, the traditional outlook of being a man. Is that what this is? Because I feel like in Ghana, we have, we have two different perspectives, you know, the the current perspective, the way people think, the, the woke thinking and um, the traditional one. Yeah, so um, being a man in Ghana from the woke perspective is, is you know, do whatever I want to do. Um, feel free to do whatever I have to do. You know, like, don't conform to the status quo. Just, like, do you. We understand. But then the traditional Ghanaian mentality of being a man is being a breadwinner, you know, break your back, you know, make sure all your dependence from your wife to your children to your extended families, your wife's family to your wife's sister's ex-boyfriend's family to like, you know, everybody, everybody are related to us, you know, is okay and uh, can depend on you thoroughly. So that's, that's the traditional Ghanaian concept of being a man. Thank you. But if there was one thing you wish people knew about being a man, one thing, because we already addressed the, the, the stereotypes or typical things that people hear, We'll keep this short and sweet. If there was one thing you wish people knew from your perspective about being a man, what would it be? Okay, so I'll go first, yeah? Okay, yeah. If there was, was one thing I wish people knew about being a man is that um, they should really consider the phrase, not all men. Um, so I, I think I spoke about this earlier, but um, people, it's easy, it's actually very easy to stereotype and you know, project what you feel about men because of your experience with one man because of your experience with uh, multiple men. So, I mean, it's safe to, you know, uh, project because it's easy. But then um, I believe for activism reasons, for activism sake, for like, I mean, this new age of feminism, um, there's a lot of projection on what men are. I feel like it will be in the best interest of the activists, men ourselves, women, any other gender, you know, to um, look at it from a perspective of, breaking things, segregating people. If you identify a rapist, target a rapist, not men, it's not men are rapists, you understand? If you, if you see a pedo, if you see, uh, you know, anything, I mean, it should be normalized. You should, you can't really, you get it. So yeah, I think you have to, there's this thing in, um, there's this thing in statistics called um, factor analysis, where you actually um, look at traits of, of different variables, you know, and put them together and work on them, like prioritize your efforts on those things. I think for activism, same thing should be done because I personally feel like activists from the other side, from people who are not men, talk from an emotional point of view and they do not really address the, 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 the issues, the situations. I feel like they should be able to segregate, separate the the actual men, I mean, actual men where not everybody is perfect, but well, put people in categories and don't say all men. Don't categorize everybody as a bad 
dangerous rapist, trash, breadwinner. You know, it's don't do that. Like, look at people and and okay. So Jeff, this is Jeff. This is how he is. He's not all men. Okay, this is Lindo. Not all men. This is Dwayne. Not all men. He's different. Like this is him. You understand? This is Joyo. Not all men. Thank you very much. Amen. <laughs> Amen. This is, this is the gospel. This is like the gospel. Don't, don't let go of this gospel. Okay, okay, Dwayne. <laughs> if there's one thing, one thing you'd like people to know, you know. Yeah. Yep. I would say just like my friend Jeff said. Um, just like my friend Jeff said. Um, you stay stereotyping men as dot 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 or as dot 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 you know um just be just know how you know how people know how you stereotype or or don't stereotype at all you know don't stereotype at all because um men are feeling just like any other some as what um I forgot who made a statement men don't cry so the society has it that men don't cry um and not literally but figuratively um we have feelings in terms of we are not just a brick wall you know well we are not emotional some women may find it as or i mean some people <laughs> may find it as men are not emotional you know or men are rough necks and they only show emotion when they want when they going when they want quitters or when they go into effect, basically. You know, but I want people to know that men have a men have an emotional side also. And yeah, it can be tapped with the right kind of the right kind of approach. Which is well said by my brothers there, Jeff and Green. I guess uh they 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 said good valid points about men. I wish, yeah, I wish uh, I could tell people that uh, we, the conversations at the tables are changing now. Uh, as my brother said that uh, we are seen as sometimes monsters and all that, and we are labeled sometimes cause of uh, doing of multiple men. But what I want people to know, wish people knew now that I think we are growing into talking more comfortably about certain stuff that men are doing in the communities that are bothering uh, and harassing other people, you know? We are now more open to calling a spade a spade, you know? You can't tell me you love young 12-year-old girls and I'd just be keep keeping quiet about it, you know? So I think one thing I wanna assure the next, people in general that conversations are being had now. We are realizing the importance of these conversations. We've had them before, but we've touched on them. My, just a, a small part of them. So now we are changing the, what, the status quo? We're changing the next generation, I guess. Yes, that's, that's it for me. Um, one thing I would want to everyone I need to know about men is that we are vulnerable. Kind of how uh, Dwayne was 
saying it before and, and it, a lot of times yeah it is like emotionally but we we are vulnerable one and two we aren't really we aren't really raised to uh understand or be aware of our vulnerability so a lot of the people closest to us start to pick that out and may tell us something about ourselves however it it's something that we're not really um, raised to be aware of. Therefore, it, it, it's usually a, a um, it's not like a, <laughs> it's, it's not easy uh, to learn that. Um, and it, even when it, like, I, I might sound very self-aware saying this, but if you, in my element, <laughs> I, will make the, I will make the same mistake of not understanding my vulnerability. Although at this point in my life, only 26, I have experienced, um, you know, how that vulnerability can be exposed or taken advantage of. So um, yeah, that's, that's definitely one thing that I would want everyone to know. Earlier I said, I, I, I can't cry. The thing is, I, I don't cry with ease. It takes like a lot, it just takes a lot. Yeah, it almost takes too much. Um, but I feel like one one thing that people should know about actually no, I guess that doesn't really have to have, have to fall into it. But basically I wanted to go back on what I said and I do cry. It just it's very, very, very seldom. And for some reason the world has to end in order for a tear to come down my face. For some reason. <laughs> So, but it, it looks very relaxing when other people do it. And I'm just like, wow, that looks like a healthy release of emotional energy and cool. But I'm just like, nah, not, not, not happening here. I don't know why. Maybe you should start cutting some onions. You might learn how to cry again. Oh yeah. You know, I took a picture of myself while I was cutting onions so that I could kind of see <laughs> one time. And then I, I posted it too. People were like, what are you crying about? And then I showed them the picture of the onions and, and they were like, oh, you, you suck. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's a pandemic going on right now. And um, we've all had to shift. All of us have had to shift the way we were doing things. How has this pandemic, you know, influenced or affected your regular way of going about things with regards to being you, you know, being a man like, did it put um, a pin in like your regular schedule and the regular things you used to do? Did you have to change? Was that change easy? Um, how has this pandemic affected you? Well, it yeah, I I I I did I did have to 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 reconstruct my routine in terms of. Um, making that money, basically bringing home something to take care of my responsibilities. What I do is more interactive with students, with with the community and students and stuff. So, schools out, community activities out, strictly Zoom activities, strictly online cyber activities, and with the amount of cyber activities streaming online, it make it tends to make one procrastinative and lackadaisical, like you know, you know, in terms of movement or the zeal to go out there. 
you know, now you have to develop a zeal to uh, be online. <laughs> yeah, so it kind of dampened creativity in terms of, uh, well, in terms of what you can do in person, but it also heightened cre creativity, you know, in terms of how you do what you do. I think, I think on my side, uh, just the pandemic has just changed the way we we work. You know, yeah, we function as Dwayne said. Uh, working from home is it, it show, actually showed me my productive side, more productive because I'm working longer hours now. I guess so. It's just taught me a different way of working, which I don't mind actually working from the comfort of my home. You know, and it showed me that we can live without certain stuff. You know, we can actually function without certain uh, certain activity like we can we've limited so much we've limited going to the shops you know now before we want to go to the shops every day which is which is which is why now it's I've seen a different part of me that even the alcohol ban was is a is also a good decision because we don't drink anymore <laughs> yes so, they banned alcohol in South Africa so, so yeah, that's a good thing as well because we stocked up on alcohol, but it gets finished. But we're like, uh, I don't have to, I don't have to drink. You know, I can just chill, uh, stream movies or whatever. You know, so we found different ways of living. The smoking ban, everyone is smoking, but they've banned cigarettes. So I don't know how that's that's happening, but it's just shown us a lot of things are possible. You know. Okay, so Joya, <laughs> you know go on. Hold on, how they gonna ban cigarettes? That's crazy. <laughs> alcohol is banned. Cigarettes are. You know what? I Lindo, answer this. I get that, but cigarettes, like what? Wow. Apparently, cigarettes, cigarettes, and the the lungs and the, and all that. So I don't know. The medical impact of cigarettes is not good. So they said they're banning it cause yeah, sort of, but but the, the disease still. The virus is still prospering in within with those bands, you know. So we're still we're still on the rise. Basically, they were just like, "Y'all not getting cancer doing this, <laughs> y'all." <sure." laughs> and funny how everyone is still smoking. Like everyone is getting these illegal cigarettes from wherever they're getting them from, you know. So it's not it hasn't really stopped anything. We just banned them from being in the shops, but people are still smoking. Wow, that's crazy. Um, th this whole pandemic has really like put a lot, this put a lot of things in perspective, uh, for me, but the one thing that it has given me is like, in a weird way, like, okay, the one thing that I know is more powerful and more valuable than money is time. And now I just have so much of it to the point that it's almost like this overload. And I'm just like, what the, what do I do? Like, Having so much power and so much potential power, I should say, potential power, because um, a lot of that time can be completely useless if I if I use it not doing anything or you know, but just understanding how to manage that time and get the the most out of it, and it doesn't always have to be um, productivity um, in the vein of like doing work, you know, because I, I I work on a computer all day. But it also comes down to like 
you know, properly relaxing. I, I, I really do like to get into some meditation. Really, I, I have all the time in, in the day to pray. How do I fit that in? You know, uh, and a lot of times I find myself still prioritizing work over those two things. And uh, yeah, so that, that's been one of the really, uh, I don't know, difficult things for me to kind of figure out is my schedule. Uh, and then also that availability that I was talking about with uh, when it comes to family and friends as well. Because you, you being at home all day, even if you're on the computer, if your mom walks past you, if your dad walks past you, if anybody walks past me, my grandma was here too, not too long ago. Oh, uh, can you do this for me? I have, uh, what, what about the trash, all these different things? And, and you're, you're trying to tell them like, even though I'm not going to work, I'm still, I'm still at work, you know, but it doesn't look the same. So it's something that I've had to adjust to like communicating that, but also, you know, they've had to adjust to as well. So. Oh, Jeffrey. So the question is, how has COVID changed your structure, your overall structure, like with the pandemic, what did it shift from your regular schedule and how has that influenced or affects your current, like what has it done to your schedule, your usual schedule? Oh, it's just, it's, just made, it's just made me a gamer. As I said, I'm an engineer, but I'm more of a gamer now. So um, it's like thumbs up, thumbs up COVID. Like, I mean, it's doing a great job. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, but then, but then on, on, on a more serious note, um, well, the virus has, has um, made a lot of people go redundant. Like, they don't work anymore. Yeah. I'm I'm currently working from home myself. So, um, and and working from home, they t- um, companies tend to you know do some paid cuts and and all of that. So there's a bit of suffering, and I mean it's a pandemic. Some way somehow, some we are supposed to suffer for it. So um, everybody, and I don't even think this conversation is uh, just a man thing. It's everybody. Everybody's been affected by it. And personally, I'm I'm just uh, I'm just enjoying my pay cuts. And I'm enjoying my console, so, yeah. Okay. So you, you you all have established the fact that something has switched. You realized some things that you don't need. Um, <laughs> so now, okay, I promise. I know I kept saying the last thing. things I don't need. <laughs> um, uh, so Lindo mentioned that. No, what did you say? I, I missed that. You said. Some things, because um, Lindo was talking about how, you know, they in South Africa, the ban, there's a ban on alcohol and cigarettes and people used to go to the store so often and now it's like you're there's just There's a ban home. on alcohol. <laughs> yes, there's a ban on alcohol in South Africa. Hey. Yes. I there. read it. Okay. I read it. <laughs> <laughs> there is a ban on alcohol okay. in South Africa. That's, oh, yes. That's wow. So nobody sells alcohol. Alcohol can be found anywhere. They are still getting it, but illegally, because there is a ban. So what about you guys' sexual, like your sex life? Wow. Because if you're, not suppo- if you're not supposed to be going anywhere anymore, I mean, like, you can't just go be hanging out and stuff like that. Like, what if, if you're in a relationship or like, even if you're sexually active, then what's happening to your sex life right now? Abstain from sex. Sex is bad. <laughs> <laughs> do you all good agree? Man, good man. <laughs> do you all agree with that? Um, wow, this guy this turned this turned a corner for me. Um, so 
as far as that goes, yes, I agree with Jeff. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> oh my God! So, in regard with regards to your sex life, you all are going to agree with Jeffrey that with this wake of the with this pandemic, abstinence is the way to go, huh? As well as before the pandemic. <laughs> yes. 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 No, like, but you guys are really shocking me. <laughs> Linda. <laughs> sex has been bad since, since. Don't do sex. When you marry, don't even do sex. Like, sex is bad. Abstain. <laughs> okay, I can't take you guys seriously, but I definitely do appreciate you all being here and having this talk with me. Um, I'm, I, I've learned a lot, and some there were some there were some things that kept repeating itself and it, it just goes to tell me as a woman how similar like a lot of the concepts of manhood are even though you guys are in different locations you know and I really appreciate that because it puts things in perspective and that was the point of this of this series putting things in perspective so once again uh, I want to say thank you all for your time and um Yeah, I definitely want to do this again with you soon, sooner rather than later. But this time we'll spice up the demographics. We'll spice it up. We can get you guys in here with some older folks and other people to get a better understanding of what it like it means to be a man from these different perspectives. Because I'm sure your idea of what it was to be a man when you were young versus what you're experiencing now and what you think it might be in the future are going to be different. So, um, yes, thank you guys once again. And uh, any last words to your listeners? You know, anything you want to put out there before we call this done? Um, so, yeah, I wanted to, you know, um, reiterate what you said about uh, um, the things we all said being, you know, interlinked. And it's, it's kind of that, uh, the things, the things I, I perceive is also held in the same light as someone from U.S., someone from Trinidad and Tobago, and another from South Africa. It's actually very intriguing, and uh, well, the world is a small place, so probably one of the reasons why, or one of the, the factors why they say the world is a small place. So, yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. The world is really a small place, and... um. As he said, despite our geographical differences, we all have things in common. You see, I show all that we can go in a bar and sip a beer, normal, and talk shit, similar shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it means I need to put together like a virtual, hopefully an actual drinking session. Oh, no! no. Yo, oh, oh, I forgot. Alcohol is banned in South Africa. Sorry, Lindo. You can drink. You can sip some water. No, nah, me, uh, the authorities don't know nothing. What they do, what the high eyes do see, the heart do grieve, brother. You <laughs> 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 know, Lindo. You, you got some in your cabinet. Yeah. Traditional alcohol. I'm drinking traditional alcohol now. Traditional alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I brew it myself. When my amen, whoopum comboti. When my amen, whoopum comboti. When. Oh my God. Okay, Lindo.
I am so sorry, but I just had to do it. I could not help it. <laughs> Okay. I work hard Guys. Every day to make my beer. Yes, so you see how she wakes up every day to make her beer? Yeah, apparently Lindo does the same. So I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, but I'm kind of not. I just had to pick a new Lindo. Anyway, anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for joining me on this episode. I mean, the guys did amazing. Even though I know they are lying. Eh? Hmm. I'll tell you why. How are they going to tell me that they are the kings of celibacy? When me, I know all of you personally. Eh? Who are you trying to lie to? Who are you lying to? We are watching you. God is watching you. We can all see you. Okay. We are watching. <laughs> but on a more serious note though, guys, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. You know, I could not be here without any of you. And yes, I know I started this episode off a little heavy. And yes, the emphasis is on the men's series, which we are still doing. But um, this just needed to be said because it was bothering me. I think about it and I am unaware of how many of us are oblivious to the struggles of our black brothers and sisters on other parts of the world. You understand? Just because the country is small does not mean, you know, their sufferings need not be heard. So that's why I did that. And in that light, I'd also like to bring attention to the things going on in Zimbabwe right now. If you are not aware, please go on Google. Just Google what is happening in Zimbabwe right now and just, just be aware. You may not be able to be physically present, but it does not mean we ought to be oblivious about the problems and the struggles of our brothers and sisters on other parts of the world. With that being said, ah, these men, these men that I had here, hmm, I mean, I am so thankful for them and I am so grateful that they decided to join me here. I learned quite a bit from them, as you guys heard from them. Men are vulnerable. Don't lump all men together based off of your experience with some of them. They don't like it. They are very sensitive creatures, if you did not hear. And yes, they are very handy to they know how to brew their own beer. I hope you loved this episode or the start of this series because I have more surprises coming for you. All you need to do is stay tuned in with your girl. now if you leave me alone i'm about to party solo to the rest of the song if you want to join me join me if not when my when my 
I'm probably butchering the words, but whatever. I just love this song, guys. Thank you again, and I will see you later.